So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 is where we're at this evening. And uh, we'll start here in verse 1. It says, I'm telling you, my glasses. I may have, I don't know what's going on with my glasses. My glasses are getting old. Um, then, so starting in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 15, it says, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Now, let's stop right there for a second, and let's talk about some things here. Now, is it bad to have traditions? No, it's not bad. But you have to be careful that your traditions do not supersede the word of God. You have to be careful to make you gotta make sure that you are not putting your traditions above Christ and above God and what his word says. Now, is it a bad thing to wash your hands? Obviously not. It's not a bad thing to wash your hands. Okay? There's, you know, it's 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 being clean. You know, after you use the restroom, you wash your hands and then and then you eat. There's nothing wrong with washing your hands. Well, you might say, well, Brennan, well, if there's nothing wrong with that, then why are you making such a big deal about it? Well, here's why I'm making a big deal about it. Because the Pharisees. They were putting that, they're putting their tradition and washing hands not just above what God said in his word, okay, but in, the, in that, okay, and in what they do, they transgress against the word of, the, the, the commandments of God. And that's where you got to be careful. There might be something that you do as a tradition that is good. But you can't just go around putting yokes on people saying, well, you have to do this or you can't do that or, or you know – you put yokes of bondage on people, making it seem like it's a godly thing, and yet when 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 somebody does what you tell them to do, they're transgressing the law. Now, am I saying you am I saying that we ought to keep the law? No, because we can't keep the law. There's only one who kept the law, and that's Jesus Christ. But these Pharisees were religious hypocrites. They were selfish. 
They were arrogant. They were self-centered. They say they believed in God. They said they followed God. They followed his commandments. But in fact, you see that it was the, the, the traditions of the Pharisees, by their traditions, actually broke God's commandments. Now you might say, well, how do they do this? Well, the answer of this is in verse 4. It says, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth fatherless or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say, in his, say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Now, let's see here. I'm just trying to see. Okay, here we go. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Okay, that's that is where Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament. Now, in case you all want, in case all you people want to come on and bash me and say, "Well, the Old Testament is done away with. We're not under the law, but under grace." If you all want to, if you all want to bash me like that and say, "Well, the Old Testament has is no good anymore" and all that stuff, let me tell you something. How do you think the New Testament came about? All the apostles before the New Testament was even complete was written was even written and completed. Before the New Testament even came to be about, before that, the apostles, Jesus Christ, and and um. Everybody during that time, where did they quote from? The Old Testament. You see that a lot of the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament scriptures, you can go back into the Old Testament and find it. So if you're going to be one of those that will say, well, we're not under the law anymore. Well, listen, God says that not one jot or tittle of his law would actually pass away to all be fulfilled. So people could still be under the law. But just so you know that if you choose to be under the law, God is going to expect 100% perfection out of you. Means you have to keep the law perfectly. Which means 
all of you people that think you can go ahead and just speed down the highway, if you want to keep the law of God, you need to go what the speed limit says. Meaning, if the speed limit is 25, you need to do 25. If the speed limit says 50, you need to do 50. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you break one of God's laws, you've broken all. So if you want to be under the law, that's fine by me. And God's going to judge you by the law. And he's going to expect you to keep the law perfectly. But guess what? No one can keep the law. The law wasn't meant to be kept. The law was meant to show you that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, Jesus Christ. But if you feel like you need to keep the law, then by all means. But I promise you that all of you people that think you can keep the law, I guarantee you, you broke something. Let's go back to the speed limit thing for an example. For an example. The Bible says if you break one, you break all. Ideally, in a perfect world, you ought to be doing 50 on a 50. Because even doing 51 on a 50 is is technically illegal. You're still you're you're breaking the speed the speed limit. Now, will will police officers actually pull you over and ticket you for doing one over? Probably not. They won't enforce it. Now, if you were, if you were like doing like 10, 10 or fifteen over, you better believe you're going to get ticketed. But this is going to be for those who feel like they need to keep the law. If you feel like you need to keep the law and you call yourself a good person, I challenge you to go through the whole week. Don't speed. Don't speed. If the speed limit says 50, you do 50. You don't do 49. You don't do 51. You do 50. If the speed limit says 30, you do 30. You don't do 29. You don't do 31. Now, you might go through the whole week and say, well, Bless God, I mostly kept the law, but this one day I slipped. Well, guess what? That one day you slip, you didn't keep it. So you know how silly it is for you to claim that you're going to keep the law when you can't? But if you want to go by the law, by all means, you'll just be subject under the law. Which I guarantee you, you won't keep. I'm just saying. You see, that's what the Pharisees, that's what the Pharisees bragged on. They bragged about how they follow God, how they fear God, how how they follow Moses because God spoke to Moses. Yet the Pharisees don't realize that Moses spoke of Christ and wrote of him. Now, on the other hand, you might get people who say, "Well, Brandon, you're just you're just giving you're just giving people a license to sin." 
No, I'm not giving people a license to sin. Just because we're not under the law under mo- anymore, but under grace. Grace, if you were truly under grace and you truly were born again, you wouldn't want to sin. Will you still sin? Yes, but you wouldn't want to. You know why? Because you would hate your sin. You would hate your dirty, rotten, stinking flesh. So don't think for one second I'm giving people a license to sin. Because grace is actually not a license to sin. If you were truly under grace, you would hate your sin. Does that mean you'll stop sinning? No. What it means is you don't like your sin, you hate your flesh, and you wish you'd quit. There's a remedy for that. It's called chastisement. You get people all the time that want to act so religious and say, well, bless God, we keep the law. Really? You keep the law? Let me ask you a question. Have you coveted after someone? Have you actually looked at a woman to lust after her? Oh, here, here's one. Have you ever gotten mad at anybody for no reason? If you have gotten mad at anyone for any re- for no reason whatsoever, God calls you a murderer. Because being angry for no reason at your own brother is murder in God's eyes. So if you've gotten angry and if you've gotten angry at people for no reason, you're a murderer. So let me say this so let me just let me just say this. For all those that want to claim that they want to keep the law, number one, have you cheated? Have you lied? Have you stolen? Have you gotten mad at anybody for no reason? Have you looked at a woman to lust after her? Have you ever drunk alcohol? Have you ever said or even thought that, oh, I want this or I want that or I wish so-and-so wasn't alive anymore? Have you ever, um, have you ever just drove down the road and decided to cut people off and give them the finger and start cursing and swearing and all that stuff? Have you ever done that? Have you ever, um, I don't know. Have you ever thought of, uh, have had unclean and unpure thoughts such as murder or fornication or adultery? Have you? I'm telling you, if if you if you cannot answer a single one of those, if one of those answers as a no, I I didn't do that. You know what that makes you? Makes you just like the rest of us, a sinner in need of a savior. Have you have you ever felt proud of yourself for doing something? 
That's pride. Well, Brennan, I, I, I've had all sorts of thoughts, but I didn't do it. Well, I don't care if you didn't, if you did or didn't do it. Thinking it is just as bad as doing it. Jesus, if you lo- if you even lost after another woman in your mind, you've already committed adultery with your heart. Have you have you ever broken the speed laws? Well, breaking the speed law is breaking a human law, which actually really is breaking one of God's laws. Why? Because a person of love wouldn't break a law. Now, given the fact that there's an exception to that, okay, if you got Christians that will break certain laws... That doesn't necessarily mean that they're being wicked. Okay? Because there is laws that man puts on that that will put out there that will completely contradict God's laws. So in the instance of if you have a law that contradicts God's law, it is better to... It is better to obey God rather than man. But these laws I'm talking about, I'm talking about your speed limit. I'm talking about laws that do not contradict the law of God. That's what I'm talking about. You see, the Pharisees claimed that they followed this and that and had their own traditions they claimed all these things and yet they were the most wicked vile people that jesus rebuked the most now verse 9 but it says but in vain they do worship me Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Listen, these religious hypocrites don't teach the commandments of God. They teach the they take the commandments of God and twist them and add to them so that they can put people on bondage. They see religious hypocrites, they'll put all these things on you, but they won't lift a finger to help you. They won't. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth a man. Then came his disciples and was unto him, Noah's unto him, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall unto the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand what 
what whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So, Jesus is saying that what comes out of your mouth comes from the heart. What comes out of the heart proceeds what? Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Now again, I must say to all you people and all you hypocrites that want to assume that you've kept the law. Let me ask you some more questions. Have you, have you ever stood around doing nothing at work? While were you while you were clocked in, have you just stood there and done nothing? Because that is time theft. Again, stealing. Have you ever rejected Christ and decided to not trust him? That right there is an automatic. Why? Because you commit you commit adultery, you commit idolatry. Spiritual idolatry is spiritual adultery. Don't forget that. But listen, there's a whole list of areas I can go to. But that's just to name a few. You ought not. You should not claim that you can keep the law when you really can't. But again, if you want to be under the law, by all means. Don't be put but don't be putting yokes of bondage on people and expect them to lift it and you not lift a finger to help them. Cuz that's what you'll do. You see the Pharisees they they were telling all these people that they need to do this and this and this and this. Wouldn't lift a finger. They would devour widows' houses. They would, for a pretense, make long prayers in public areas. They love the cheapest of seats. They love they love the they love the recognition of man. Not the recognition of God, but the recognition of man. You see, the Pharisees, they all they loved all these things, and yet they claimed to love God. And yet, in their traditions and in their acts, they actually broke God's laws. You know what really, what really just, I just things that just is so troubling to me. Because you take a look at what the Pharisees did; they added to the Word of God. 
They added things to God's laws. They added their own traditions to God's laws and passed them off as the word of God. You know, it's really astounding that you get Christians that will make up sins. There are not even sins in the Bible. I'll give you a classic one that I've hear I've I've heard about divorce. They'll say, "Well, divorce is a sin. You shouldn't get the, you shouldn't get divorced." Where, okay, now where I will agree is yes, you shouldn't get divorced. Divorce is not part of God's perfect plan. No one should get a divorce. If you marry someone, you should stay be you should stay you should still be married. You shouldn't you should, divorce should not even be an option. Okay? But a lot of times you'll get these Christians that will say, "Well, divorce is a sin." Well, if divorce was such a sin, why did God divorce Israel? Why did God write a bill of divorce? To Israel. Why? Why? It's in the scriptures. in the scriptures Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8 and I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery I put her away and given her a bill of divorce yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not but went and played the harlot also so all you religious Christians that want to say that divorce is a sin By you saying that divorce is a sin, you just called God a sinner. And if God be a sinner, then how can Christ actually cleanse you from your sins? How then Christ, how can then Christ actually, and by the way, if you're wondering how Christ can take a new bride... He did it by the means of his death and resurrection. God gave Israel a bill of divorce. Okay? It was then it was then put forth by Christ's death. It was then cuz death till you till you depart, right? So the finalization of Israel being free was when Christ died on the cross for our sins. And when he resurrected, then it gave an opportunity for Christ to have a new bride, which is the church. And the church being comprised of both Jew and Gentile. Now one of these days, God will go back to Israel. He will. After the Gentile age, he'll go back to Israel. 
But you get all these you get all these people that will say, well, divorce is a sin. No, it's not. No, it's not. If divorce, you know, divorce. Listen, if divorce was such a sin, why did Jesus permit it in certain circumstances? Seriously, Jesus permitted it in certain circumstances. There's certain circumstances where divorce is an occasion. See if I can find it. Here we go. Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 28. We'll start in verse 28. Or 27, sorry. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not thy, not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of a saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Now whosoever shall put away his wife. Okay, so it says in verse 32, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his life, his wife, saving for the cause of fornication. What does that mean? That means that Jesus is telling you what's, what is not okay. And what's not okay is you divorcing someone just so you can go shack up with whoever you want. Jesus says that's adultery. Um, let's see here. So, there are certain circumstances. If you've got an unfaithful spouse who's constantly not honoring their oath... That they made in front of you and in front of God and all the witnesses that were there. Then yeah. If there is an unfaithful spouse that won't won't be faithful to you, then yeah, then divorce is an option. But it should not be the first option. It should be the very last resort. There are instances where divorce can be. But there's instances where divorce is not. And I speak this because 
You get these people that will say, well, divorce is a sin. Show me in the Bible where it's a sin. Show me in the Bible. See, Christians ought not to be making stuff up. They need to read their Bibles. They need to understand what the Word says and not put their own wording into things. And then, by the way, to say that sin is a divorce, let me let me prove to you that these people don't know what they're talking about. When you get people that say, "Well, well, well, divorce." Divorce is a sin. Well, if divorce was a sin, that means God is a sinner. So by you calling God a sinner, you just blasphemed him. So by assuming that divorce was a sin, you just blasphemed God and broke his law. By what? The sake of your tradition. By the sake of your law. You guys, you, people need to not add things to the Bible. Let the Bible change you. Don't change the Bible. By the way, going back out in verse 19 of Matthew 15. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and what? Blasphemies. Why should you trust your heart? Just saying, why should you trust it? Your heart is wicked. Last thing, uh, I want to close with this last thing. Okay. You get people... The one of the things the Pharisees really, one of the things that the Pharisees really loved to do was brag and boast about how much they loved God and how much they did certain things. And I'm going to tell you something. You have, there are Christians out there that will brag and boast about all the things they do for Christ. And if you look actually in it deeper, there are instances where all their bragging and boasting is actually not good. Because the things they brag and boast about is actually against what the Bible says. For an example, you get people that will say, well, look what I did. I went out soul winning. I want this and this and this. Okay, well, did you go soul winning alone? Yes. Well, you went against the Bible. See, when Jesus went, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he sent them out two by two. Okay? So the appropriate way of actually street preaching, witnessing, and all that stuff is to have more than just you out there. You need to have somebody else, if not a third person, with you. Why? Because the Bible makes it clear that... Let every word be made established by the mouth of two to three witnesses. If you go out there by yourself and you try to witness, it won't be as effective 
as if you went out there by two by twos or by threes. So all these Christians that like to brag and boast about how what they do with themselves, it's it's in vain because they're 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 going against what the Bible says. That's what the Pharisees did. By the way, at the same time that they will brag and boast about the things that they do for God, they will try to belittle you. And they will belittle you by saying, well, well, you if, if you were truly saved, you'd do what I do. Really? You know how stupid and asinine a statement like that is? That, a statement like that is so stupid, you would expect everybody to be an ear. You would expect everybody to be a mouth, and that is not what the Bible says. Everybody has their own, has their own unique callings. They don't need to be belittled into being shamed into doing what you're doing. Just because someone else, just because you may be called to preach... Street preach does not mean everybody's called a street preach. And by the way, when you street preach, don't belittle people. Don't go around making them shame. Don't don't be going around saying, well, well, you know, and don't don't be going around having little grace. Don't be just spit-firing things out of your mouth just to make you look like you're a top dog. Y'all need to have grace. When you go out and street preach, you are to preach the truth and love and with grace. Seasoned with salt. Because if you go around and start screaming and shouting and calling everybody a Jezebel and all this stuff, you're going to turn people off and they're not they're not going to like they're not gonna like they're not gonna they're not gonna wanna hear what you say. Don't don't be that way. Okay, don't be that way. Preach the truth in love. And I'm gonna tell you something. You get a lot of these religious hypocrites that think they can do whatever they want to. And then and then they'll try to Make you, they'll try to belittle you and they'll try to do all these things to get you to feel bad because you're not doing what they're doing. Let me tell you something God has called you to a specific ministry, God has called you specifically to something. Just because you may be called in one area does not mean that average Joe over there is called the same as you. Don't make assumptions like that because when you do you're going to turn people off they're going to look at you funny you're going to they're going to you know and 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 you get all these self-righteous people that when you rebuke them with the truth and they get corrected they say well oh thank 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 you thank thank you for the reproach you're not being reproached for a righteous thing you're being reproached because you're not being reproached for a righteous thing. You're being rebuked because you have sin in your life that you need to correct. So don't be going around so arrogant and smug into thinking that you're being reproached because you're actually being rebuked.
Amen. Don't don't be going around saying smug stuff like that. It's not right. Amen. Now I just want to say this. Um, I'm not trying to be mean, but I have to tell it as it is. Okay. I love you guys, and I'm trying to do you a good service. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to play games with you or your soul. I'm trying to be straight with you and I'm trying to be real. I don't apologize for the things I've said. Okay, I don't I stand by what I said. Now, if I'm wrong and God chases me, I will repent for it. I will. Cuz I know there are times I'm wrong. And I know I'm going to probably be hated by a lot of people because of this particular teaching. Amen. But if I'm right and if I'm hated because of it, then glory to God. Amen.